Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. Experience! Hey everybody, it is May 19th, 2014, and this is the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and hopefully you all had a fun and relaxing weekend. Before we get to our two guests that we have on the show this week, I wanted to talk about some things that I've been up to since the last episode. I got to see two movies that I've been looking forward to for quite a while now. The first being The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Those that know me know that I'm a a pretty big Spider-Man fan. I have been since I was a child and have kept up with the character and the comic books and the shows and the movies and pretty much anything Spider-Man I'm a pretty big fan of. And when the reviews first started coming out for this movie, with most of them being negative, I believe one said this was only slightly better than Batman and Robin, I was pretty concerned to say the least. But I think that actually helped when I saw the movie because I had relatively low expectations. This has been one of those movies where you're on one side of the fence, like there's no in-between, there's you either love the movie and you think it's the greatest superhero movie of all time, or you hate it and you think it was horrible. Well, not to be generic, but I was pretty much in the middle. If I had to rank it in comparison to the other Spider-Man movies, and I hate to put it this low on the list, but the only movie that is worse than Amazing Spider-Man 2 was Spider-Man 3 from the original trilogy. I would put Spider-Man 2 with Doc Ock, number one, then The Amazing Spider-Man, the original Amazing Spider-Man 2, and Spider-Man 3. It's definitely a better movie than Spider-Man 3, but I I just enjoyed the other ones more. And I thought that Jamie Foxx was severely underutilized, and it had the Spider-Man 3 problem where... They just bogged the movie down with too many villains and too many subplots, and it didn't really focus on the main character, which is Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. I would still see it if you're a Spider-Man fan, but don't expect it to be the greatest Spider-Man movie of all time. And the second one, which I have the complete opposite opinion on, is Godzilla. This movie has been getting so much hype over the last couple of months, and... It did not disappoint. I saw it late Saturday night, and it was absolutely fantastic. The acting was great. The special effects were great. And, of course, Godzilla himself was really well done. I liked how he looked closer to the original Godzilla while still being changed up a little bit for modern times and not like the Godzilla from the 1998 fiasco where he was basically a mutated iguana. But you've got to see this movie. It's Is it going to win an Academy Award? No. But it's a perfect, fun summer movie. And it's it's one of those that everybody can enjoy. It's got the, the monster fights. It's got great acting, great story. It, it, it also even has, and it's crazy to say, it's got a little bit of a sense of realism to it because... If monsters were attacking cities, I think that what would happen with the characters in this movie, or just what happened in general, I think that would be a pretty accurate depiction of what would happen in real life if something were 
if something like that were to happen. So definitely, definitely go check it out. It's worth the money and go see it in IMAX because it was awesome. Absolutely awesome. But that's pretty much what's been going on with me besides work, of course. We're in the midst of a 10-game homestand, so that's kept me quite busy. But I did have time to do an interview this week with two special guests, one who I met back at Pensacon in February. Uh, my two guests are Ryan Eaton and Chauncey Fury. Both of them have founded a new convention that is coming to Pensacola in September called Pensacola Bowski. And if you're wondering what the heck that name means, it's based off of the cult classic movie, The Big Lebowski, with Jeff Bridges and John Goodman, which is a very good movie, by the way. So you'll get to hear how they came up with the idea of this, how they met, what exactly is going to happen at Pensacola Lebowski. So all you Big Lebowski fans, or even you convention fans in general should go check it out and you should check out their social media as well if you want to find out even more information but i'll shut up for now and we'll get to the ryan and chauncey interview joined along with my two special guests this week the founders of pensacola bowski ryan eaton and chauncey fury guys how's it going hey man doing really good good awesome uh, first thing I wanted to ask you guys, uh, where did you grow up? Like, are you guys from Pensacola, or are you from somewhere else? I was born here, but I grew up in Northern Virginia, and then moved back here when I was 15 with my family. Been here since then. Well, on and off here. Okay. Yeah, yeah I did a similar thing. I grew up, I was raised in Pensacola and grew up here, and then traveled a lot, kind of did a, tattooed with bands and did a lot of touring. And then settled down in central Florida for a while and then moved back about a couple of years ago. Okay, what uh, what bands did you tour with? I was out with a band called Four Years Strong most of the time. But before that, I was a tour manager for a band called Across Five Aprils. They were from Chattanooga and one of the guys was from, was from Tallahassee. And then I was out with um, a day to remember actually took me out and that's how I met Newfound Glory and... Four Year Strong, who I subsequently went on tour with after that. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. That's actually really cool. There's some really uh, good tours. Uh, Ryan, you said you grew up in Virginia. What part of Virginia? Uh, Northern Virginia in Fairfax and Loudoun County, uh, which is just like 45 minutes south of D.C. Fairfax is, and then uh, it's where all like the, the really rich folk that work in D.C. live a lot of the time. And then there's also uh, Loudoun County is like right on the border of Maryland, and that's much more rural and country kind of... Uh, farm life stuff. No joke, the guy that I interviewed last week grew up in Virginia and he's from that area you were talking oh, about right with on. all oh, the right. rich people and everything. Yeah, yeah that's, that's crazy. Like but we sold Christmas trees when I was a kid since I was five years old and we still go back to that area because the money's so good. The family, you know, my dad goes back up there every winter and sells trees again. So it's a cool place. I like it up there. This is actually now the premier born in Florida, raised in Virginia, moved back to Florida podcast on the internet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the number one. Yeah, we're, grew up in Virginia, but moved back to Florida podcast. Two, week, two, two weeks, weeks in, in a row. row. Eventually, I guess I'm going to have to do a show from Virginia. At there, this you rate. there you go. But then you got to come back. Then i got to come back, yeah. Stay there for a couple of years and come back. How did you guys meet? Well, shit, man. We were hanging out uh, years ago. When you I, know, here's how here's how it all happened. Okay, there you was go a, ahead. There was 
There was a place called 902 that all my friends were hanging around. Because I used to hang out at a tattoo shop where I got tattooed. And a kid that worked there named Quakey was starting to tattoo a lot of hardcore kids. And then a lot of our friends at the time were starting to go to hardcore shows from more like screamo type stuff or whatever they were into. But so then I started hanging out where everybody else hung out, those kids, because I met them through shows and tattooing and stuff. And Ryan was also hanging out with them because he knew them from school. From high school. They had all gone to PCA together. So I met them through hardcore shows, and he knew them from school. And, and to clarify, the 902 was the, a house. It was like, that was the address, 902. So it, was, uh, it wasn't like a venue or anything we were hanging out. It was a, a, kind of a punk rock house where everybody was hanging out. It was like, there were several roommates. One guy lived outside, one guy lived Yeah, I lived the, in, I in, I lived in an RV. I lived in the Dolphin RV in the front yard for a while. That was fun. Yeah, but everybody just kind of gathered over there. You know how it is when you're growing up. You always have a house that everybody ends up at, whether it's like the person with the coolest parents or the person with a pool or whatever. Yeah. It just so happened that this house, a few kids that were coming to hardcore uh, hardcore music shows all lived in the same house, so people would go back over to their house after shows, and sometimes they would even have shows at their house. But basically that environment was where me and Ryan met. That's really cool. Does that uh, does that house still exist? It's still there. It's hanging by a thread. But as soon as as soon as all of uh, the tenants got evicted, I'm pretty sure the first thing they did was put up like a concentration style uh, fence, eight foot privacy fence, with razor privacy wire fence on top, with razor oh, wire nice. around the top. So they, didn't they want, really don't want people to get back in. They there, really didn't want they don't us want the to former get back tenants in there. to yeah. come back. <laughs> Chauncey, you are a tattoo artist. Yeah, I work at I work at Hula Moon. Okay, over on Pace Boulevard. Have you always been big into tattoos? Well, you know, I started getting tattooed when I was eighteen, and I got a couple here and there, and then uh, I just started the the people I were hanging I was hanging out with were would get tattoos, and then I would go get another one in a similar location. You know, so one of my friends would get something, and it was kind of a contest back and forth. So I got a lot of tattoos like that, but then uh, I was hanging out at the tattoo shop. Like I said, I would just go up there and sit around sometimes. Like, In fact, most tattoo artists, I'm pretty sure, got started by just sitting around a tattoo shop mm-hmm. trying to be cool. What was the first one you got? first tattoo I ever got mm-hmm. was a Superman sign on my right arm. It's been covered now. It's covered up with like a green diamond. Thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. But that was my first tattoo. Ryan, we actually uh, met, and I wanted to ask you about this. We met at Pensacon Uh when we did the whole filming thing. How did you get involved with that? Uh, I had worked for uh, Ben Galecki, the guy who owns Pensacon, the company who runs Pensacon, um, a year before. And that job kind of ended, and uh, we met again. Uh, with a mutual at a mutual friend's place in Utah, um, we were there for Sundance and just kind of talking and hanging out. And he told me he had this movie that he was about to shoot, um, you know, in the next couple of months in Pensacola, a short film called Girl from Iceland, and wanted me to be. He knew I had some background in photography and uh, was interested in videography, so cinematography. And he asked me to uh, come and be the director of photography for it. Which was a cool opportunity for me because that's, you know, a big jump from not really having done much in film at all to, except for my own stuff 
you know, right. music videos for friends. Jumping from that into actually getting to be a DP on a, on a little, it was little, I mean, it was, it was a 20 minute movie and it was a big production, lots of locations and stuff. So it was challenging and, but yeah, he brought me on and, uh, I was also working as his personal assistant at the time and then helping out with Pensacon. I think I actually am the one who registered the, uh, the doing business as for the Pens- or the Pensacon LLC. So I was there at the beginning when it started. So you went from not having much experience at all to being a DP mm-hmm. on a short film? That's yeah, pretty not awesome. Any, not any professional experience, definitely, but just like, uh, yeah, like I said, some music videos for friends, and then I would shoot, you know, we would have... Didn't your brother go to school, film school yeah, or something? And my brother, stuff back yeah, in the day? and I would help him with his projects and things like that, and then... You know, our, a group of our friends have a big barbecue every year, so I'll shoot the videos for those, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, so, Girl from Iceland was my first big project. That's awesome. Yeah, and I got to work on a couple other things over the summer. Um, one of which some people might actually see someday. It's called Misery Loves Comedy. So check that out. I didn't do any of the, you know, the cinematography or anything on it, but I worked as a script supervisor. So is cinematography like your favorite thing to do in that field? In that field, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely like being behind the camera and, and framing shots and, you know, talking about lights and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I, I'm exactly the same way. Like with all my freelance stuff and even the very limited work I've done with film, I always like being the one holding the camera and setting up the shot. Because to me, when you find that perfect shot, there's nothing better than and, that. And I used to, I got in trouble a couple of times on the set of Girl from Iceland because I was supposed to be telling my camera crew what to do and I'd always be pushing somebody out of the way and adjusting something by millimeters just to get it exactly how I imagined it in my head. But I, I, I like being hands-on with stuff like that. A lot of the uh, more technical shots with motorized components on a slider and stuff like that I would set myself because I knew yeah, how to do it and what I wanted. So, Well, it's good to be picky like that, though. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the, the best ones are. So mainly we're here to talk about the Pensacola Lebowski convention, but I wanted to ask... When did you see the Big Lebowski for the first time? Oof. For me, the first time I saw the Big Lebowski was probably when I went to college the first time in uh, 2001. Uh, I remember being amazed that I would go to these people's dorm rooms and uh, they would have VHS collections that were starting at the floor, stacked halfway up the wall, and then all the way along the wall. And so they just had tons of stuff. I could watch a different movie every night and still have more movies to watch. And uh, that was, I don't remember it. the first time specifically, like, I don't remember how I felt about it or much, much or anything like that, but I just remember that I did watch it with a bunch of people in a dorm room. You know, I've heard from, like, almost almost everybody that I've ever talked to about The Big Lebowski has said that, that they found it wholly unremarkable the first time they watched it. Yeah. And I was one of those same people. I saw it when it came out. Uh, I didn't see it in the theater, but I rented it, and uh, I watched it. I used to, I used to rent. It was back college days, man. You rent stuff constantly, but you know the movie came out in '98. It was probably 2000 or so. A little bit of time to get out of theaters. It wasn't in theaters long anyway, but uh, I saw it and didn't think much of it. And a friend, and then I went to. I was working at a summer camp, and one of the kids I was that I was working with, uh, this redheaded kid named Josh. Uh, asked me if I had seen The Big Lebowski and I told him, yeah, but it wasn't you know, that impressive or anything. And he was like, you should watch it again. And he was like, and he told me, I remember he told me the line from the movie about uh, 
how he's holding the bowling ball and he said he's like what the fuck is this and he's like obviously you're not a golfer and <laughs> just the sarcasm that's like like slathered all over the movie it was such a draw for me was just to hear because you know you know i mean there's sarcasm's getting more traction in the world of humor but back then man nobody was being sarcastic yeah that, much. that dry was, sarcastic yeah humor. yeah like that stuff's really popular now because of people like Ricky Gervais and you know what I mean it's come along how it has but back then man for someone to be so dry and sarcastic <laughs> like that was really something else yeah it was a rarity yeah I actually didn't see that movie for the first time until about three or four years ago mm-hmm I got it on uh, on DVD, and I was exactly like you were. I had heard a lot about it, people saying, you need to watch it, you'll love it. Watched it, I thought it was okay. I mean, there were a couple of parts that I liked. Yeah, and then that's how it is. I went it's back and watched it again, mm-hmm. and it's great. It's just so layered. There's so much, every time you watch it, even tonight I was watching it with a friend, and it's like, there's always something new, some other little detail that you haven't noticed before that you catch, or somebody tells you about a detail they caught, and you see it for the first time, and yeah. I don't know, I love any film that has that much going on at once, that you can get a new and fun experience out of it every time you watch it. Yeah, it's absurd. That's what's <laughs> really funny about the movie, yeah. is that yeah. the situations that the Coen brothers come up with, they're totally absurd, but they're so fun to watch. It's always like failed crime. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like a lot of the movies have to do with failed criminals, and I think I can relate to that because I actually tried to rob a convenience store when I was a kid. <laughs> when I was seventeen, I tried to break into a convenience store, and there was a cop sitting on the other side of the store that we just didn't drive around the store enough to see. So we're sitting there b- breaking the windows out of this place, and a cop car just cruises around the corner and sits there, and so you know. I I know the sting of <laughs> dumb crime, and that's why I think the Coen Brothers movies, and even even the Big Lebowski, you know, people trying to commit crimes that have no business in crime, you know, like John Goodman's like character, a, a fake kidnapping, you know. Like, yeah. I, on the other hand, robbed convenience stores of packets of gum my entire childhood, <laughs> so I'm a I'm a successful convenience store criminal. Yeah, I I remember once when I was like seven, I grabbed a pack of gum off the shelf and just put it in my pocket and didn't think anything of it and then pulled it out later and I'm like, oh crap, I just stole this. So I, I, yeah, so I know what you mean. Um, what, to you, what are some of your highlights from the movie, like some of your favorite parts, uh, favorite quotes? Because there are so many good quotes in that movie. Uh, my favorite part of the movie is chapter eight. <laughs> I know this because I, I used to have the... DVD and I would just play it on loop and uh, it would just keep playing it was one of those DVD players that would just start it over mm-hmm. so uh, I would just like literally watch the movie all day but chapter 8 was always my favorite and whenever I would go to bed I would always skip to chapter 8 it what's starts, chapter 8? tell us <laughs> starts out with the uh, with the Hotel California and, G- and Jesus oh the Bowl. Jesus part yeah, yeah. That whole scene, I know, I know completely by heart because every night going to bed, I would watch that, and it would be that dialogue where he's talking about him being a petter ass, and, <laughs> and then he comes over and starts yelling. You know, that that scene for me is like that makes the movie. Eight year olds, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite part of the movie for me, um, that's tough. I'll start with my favorite quote and. I have two favorite quotes. The we've already mentioned one of them. The obviously you're not a golfer. Every time I think about that, if I'm walking around 
doing work or whatever I'm doing, I just, I laugh or smile a little bit because that's hilarious to me. But then also, uh, thanks to, to Ben Galecki, uh, we, we, we've thrown around the mantra of, if you will it, dude, it is no dream, which is uh, a Lenin quote, I think. Is it? No, wait. Theodore Hertzfeld. Theodore Hertzfeld, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you will it, it is no dream, and, dude. And Walter says it in the movie to... Uh, to uh, the to dude, Donnie initially. to Donnie and the dude, but yeah, I, lo- I love that quote, and it's kind of become a personal mantra for me uh, moving forward in life. I, I really like the idea of not just uh, not just thinking that things are happening randomly, but actually pushing forward and trying to make things happen, mm-hmm. willing something to happen. And that's exactly why Pensacolabowski started. Mm-hmm. We, we got through Ryan had gone through Pensacon, the experience of putting on Pensacon, and uh, we were sitting in, we were actually sitting in the hotel the last night of. Pensacon when he he told he was told me uh, we could do a Lebowski fest and it would be it would work <laughs> you know and yeah. and he, he was right we started planning it that day on cocktail napkins that night yeah that in the wake of Pensacon we're yeah sometimes that's hotel. where the best ideas come well from. Yeah. And, and, a, and a big part of it was I weekend you know after the second or third time I watched uh, the big Lebowski I realized that I am of similar build. Uh, as John you, Goodman. You had an awesome John yeah. Goodman outfit at Pensacon. Yeah. I remember the first day whenever I got there to meet with the other film crew and I saw you, I was like, holy shit. Because you looked exactly <laughs> like John Goodman. It was insane. Yeah, you when I full cut, sub check for that. I went full sub check. I did the I love my beard. It's my favorite quality about myself, and I trimmed it down to the, the, the chin strap so that I could pull the look off. And uh, yeah, but so over the course of those three days, I wore that same costume. Uh, and yes, it probably smelled a little bit by the third day, but I didn't care because uh, everybody smelled at Pensacon. But uh, anyway, uh, the <laughs> it's about the big Lebowski, not about your body odor. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> but uh, the the response to that costume was crazy. I would walk through people in like huge, you know, getups they had made from scratch, and I I put my costume together over the course of a year trying to get all the elements right. But I must have taken a hundred pictures with strangers, and I must have had three hundred people yelling lines from the movie at me and that's mm-hmm. when I'm realizing that there's a huge fan base for this movie and it just gets bigger every year and you know why not instead of waiting for cool stuff to happen why not do something cool and and do a convention like Pensacola Lebowski uh, where we can kind of make it our thing and have a good time with our friends and the fan community for the Big Lebowski yeah because if you will it it is no dream exactly <laughs> it's yeah. all certain that should be the theme of this episode if you yeah. will it there is no dream you will it, it is no dream. It is no Get dream. those quotes right, Sean. <laughs> yeah, it drives me crazy when people misquote the movie, but then I, I know that I do it too sometimes. <laughs> That's why I'm constantly Googling the movie to make sure I'm putting the right quote where it goes, using the right man or dude. Right. Yeah. You do a lot of quoting too on the, the social media for us. Yeah, yeah. I try to I try to keep up like there was a time where I would tattoo and I would just listen to the movie playing in the background, which I'm sure drove, drove my clients crazy to sit and listen to a movie they've, most of them had never even seen, but <laughs> mm-hmm. they're just catching the audio of, and I'm dying laughing and quoting it, and uh, I would just sit and listen to it the whole time I was doing tattoos all day. And I w- I've actually walked in on one of his appointments where he was doing that, and it's quite entertaining to sit there and watch <laughs> somebody grimacing in pain while... We're laughing at yeah. Walter and the dude. And my whole sh- my Alberta. whole shop will start yelling out the lines sometimes. Like, whenever the anytime the Big Lebowski has infiltrated my life to the point that anytime the phone rings at the shop, someone says, "Phone's ringing, dude." 
the kidnappers are trying to get a hold of Jeffrey Lebowski or the dude and they keep calling and Donnie asks Donnie says phone's ringing dude thank you Donnie which subsequently is also the only time Donnie is addressed by the dude in the movie that one scene the entire movie the only time that that's right yeah. I didn't even think of that Walter constantly tells him to shut up but the dude never says a word to Donnie except yeah. for I, that one I never thought of that that's correct that's crazy yeah, there was like a rumor going around the internet. Like, it was a short-lived rumor, but... And only one that really Lebowski nerds even noticed, but yeah. it was that uh, Walter had dreamt up the... Uh, that that Donnie was a part of Walter's brain. Like a... Uh, he was made up in Like Walter's his imagination. Head. Yeah, he was yeah. like his imaginary friend. And that he was schizophrenic, and he was always telling something called Donnie to shut the fuck up and everybody was used to it and just ignored it at that point. Yeah. But the thing that debunked it was that one line. Somebody, dude. somebody should uh, should re-edit that film and take Donnie out of all the scenes yeah. uh, and, and watch it without him in there yeah. just to see how funny it looks to see Walter yelling at nobody. It'd be like Life Without Garfield. I haven't seen that. Gar- Garfield, you know the Garfield comic. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Somebody made... Oh, I tweet, I did see yeah, this. Yeah, somebody took all the Garfield comics and edited out Garfield, and it makes John, his owner, just look like a complete maniac talking to himself, <laughs> or like just staring at the floor and then saying, I hate you for no reason, to yeah. nothing. Because Garfield's completely out of the strip, and it's really funny, but that's that's how you are. That's hilarious. Oh, I remember at Pensacon there was... Uh, one guy who just walked by you and said, are you rolling tonight? And then you said, no, I don't roll on the Shabbos. And I was like, good, he's using the quotes. And Well, I, and I studied because I knew yeah. that there was going to be some nerds. I had no idea there was going to be that many Lebowski nerds. But I, I watched the movie a couple times. I look up, was looking up quotes constantly just because so, somebody would say something and I would try to repeat back the closest thing I could remember. Or if nothing, if all else fails, you just say, shut the fuck up, Donnie. Or, yeah. Um, I, over the line. Over the yeah. line. I, I was hoping you would yell that one at somebody. I, I yelled over the line many times that weekend. So We did yeah. a gallery night as well. We both, we yeah. both dressed up as Walter. Chauncey full subject night. too. He went out he went as a combat Walter from when they're Mission doing the drop. Walter. Mission Walter, yeah. Yeah, when he's when he takes when he makes With his dirty whites. Yeah. Yeah, when he makes the, the dude take the, the ringer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had a metal briefcase and uh all dressed up. But that's that's the cool thing is that there were people even at gallery night, it was the same thing. We would be walking down the street, and people are taking pictures and stuff. And it just goes to show you, there's a lot of people are more familiar with the movie than you think. Yeah. So, what exactly is Pensacola Lebowski? You guys explained how you came up with the idea, but what exactly, like, when is it? What's going to happen? Uh, right now, we're shooting for the end of September. We're just nailing down some venue stuff just to make sure everything's going to work out. But the last weekend of September, hopefully, Friday and Saturday, Friday night will be uh, a screening of the film at a local theater somewhere. We're not sure where yet. And then uh, there'll be a pub crawl uh, in costume with everybody who's you know part of the event. And we'll go mob some different bars and venues uh, around town and have a good old time. And then Saturday events are going to be from like noon to 8 uh, at the bowling alley that we secure, and um, it's looking like Liberty Lanes for that one. But we'll be doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, we've announced the Bowling Pin Art Show, which you can get started with now. That's a uh, basically you go to Fat Boys, which is a clothing shop on Palafox across from Liberty Lanes, and they are selling uh, the bowling pins for ten dollars a piece. 
and you take it, decorate it however you want, you know, paint on it, sculpt it, carve it, whatever you want to do, and then there'll be a bowling pin art show at the event where you can uh, sell your bowling pin. It'll be on display for everybody to see, and all the Lebowski fans will be able to, you know. It'll also be judged, so yeah. there'll be a winner of the art. Cool. There'll exactly. be a winner of the art show. You know, you'll, and that's something we're, we were hoping to continue as the years go on. With uh, we're going to have several events that are going to be. Uh, trophy winning events and we were hoping to have like some unique trophies that people could come back and try to like win the set of through the year yeah uh, whether by winning the trivia or the bowling part of the of the contest yeah because there'll be a, an actual bowling tournament and a trivia contest and costume contest we're, we're trying to get some local uh, bartenders to do a, a Caucasian mix off mix off and see who can put together the best so we'll have a white lot of Russian variation yeah we'll have a lot of white Russians and a lot of oat sodas uh, flying around maybe some sarsaparilla as well uh, we gotta have some sarsaparilla yeah, in there Sioux somewhere. City if we're lucky yeah but yeah and then you know there'll be all kinds of other fun stuff little little things going on here and there it's just gonna be saturated with people who love the movie and people are gonna be in costume the, the thing I'm excited about is the people who come to these things do really um Unique costumes a lot mm-hmm. of the time. Uh, sometimes I'll take a line of dialogue from the movie and turn that into a costume. What my, one of my favorites is uh, the dude says when they're in the limousine to the Big Lebowski. He says the dude says um, nothing is fucked here, man. And then the Big Lebowski says the plane is crashing to the fucking mountain uh, or something along those lines. And somebody came to one of the original Lebowski fests uh, in Kentucky as a mountain with a plane crashing into it. And I, I think that I'm really excited to see what interesting and creative things people come up with for the costume contest on uh, on Saturday. That's gonna yeah, be we might. In fact, we might actually end up doing that all on Friday since we're all go- we were trying to make it like a costumed, a costumed screening and a costumed pub crawl. So the costume contest might be cool on Friday as well at the movie theater. That's a good idea, actually. That's just yeah. became a brainstorming meeting. I'm into it. Yeah. So, anyway, we'll still have we'll have a. Uh, a lot of people dressed up as a lot of weird stuff, hopefully. We'll have to come up with a really cool prize pack to give to whoever wins the costume contest so they have bragging rights and maybe like a spa weekend or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if anybody wants to uh, out there and your listener, any of your listeners want to be sponsors and donate stuff for prize packages, hit us up. Yeah, it's going to be a big bucket of publicity. Yeah, we're working on sponsorship stuff now, so... In all yeah, seriousness, if anybody is interested in being a sponsor, we're totally down to talk to you about what we can do to get people, more people involved because the more people get involved the bigger this thing is and the more fun it'll, it'll be. be more fun yeah. yeah the more fun it'll be yeah I'll need to start thinking of a good costume there you go, there you go. so you mentioned the sponsors like how, how can people get in contact with you do you have like a, a Facebook page for the event yeah we're all over the social media as you kind of have to be these days we have yeah. All, yeah we have all social media availabilities uh, the easiest way to get a hold of us would obviously be the just Pensacolabowski at gmail.com. Uh, but you could always go through Facebook or any of the Twitter, Instagram. And Facebook has all our contact information yeah. on it too. And it's just facebook.com forward slash Pensacolabowski, which is spelled P-E-N-S-A-C-O-L-E-B-O-W-S-K-I. Mm-hmm. So it's a long word, but it's it's Pensacola and Lebowski mixed together, obviously. So. I remember seeing the the first teaser poster for it. It was just the dude with that bright, happy face he has, and it said Pensacola Bowski. And I'm thinking, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. And then I found out more information about it. I was like, that's really cool. 
It's always good to start with a little bit of mystery. Dude, it's a it's a party, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. You don't have to give people a reason to have fun, you know? Like, the, people want to have fun. And hopefully this will be the thing that weekend recurring throughout the years. Uh, we, we've talked about keeping it going and having it get bigger and bigger. And, you know, this might be the thing for the end of September for Pensacola from now on. It's, Huge it's always nice to get a foothold on something and have a fun thing every year that you can look forward to and count I'm sure on. that's yeah. how the damn mullet toss yeah. and the yeah. bushwhacker fest and the crawfish festival and all something. that started yeah. some dude yeah. put some stuff together and yeah. now it's a huge deal every year yeah yeah. we yeah. check the calendar the reason it's in September is because we check the calendar to make sure that A we had enough time to plan and then B there was nothing else pretty going on back weekend yeah it was a pretty yeah. chill weekend in Pensacola because we also are very interested in you know in building Pensacola and in bringing uh, more people here and getting people interested in our city and increasing. All you know. our sponsors are local so far. It's, yep. It's yeah. A, it's a really cool thing. It's just Pensacola helping Pensacola. But that that's one thing that I think Pensacola needs because, yeah, you've got all these festivals like the Crawfish Festival, mm-hmm. the Mullet Toss, but to me, this place has potential for so much more. Oh, yeah. We feel the very same way. It's uh, there's a lot of people that feel like that, and it sucks yeah. because some of the people running the city don't agree, you know, <laughs> which but, I don't understand. Yeah, it's odd. I, it's, I don't know any of the people that run the city, so I'm not trying to talk trash about anybody. But so, I was talking with somebody the other day, and they're like, "It's just a couple of the older generation just kind of pass on. Let we can we'll get <laughs> a, a couple fresh faces in there, and things will yeah. maybe pick up." And I feel like you know, with a lot of aspects of Pensacola, we're just kind of waiting for the old blood to let go of their reign over the city and kind of give give us a shot to make it a, a cool place and maybe not destroy it with terrible Dude, tourism. do you guys remember the old Pensacola downtown when it was like just maybe a coffee shop or a pool? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's nothing, used to be nothing. Nothing else, and it's already come so far from yeah. there. So if the so rest I'm of the city could yeah. catch up with the progress that's happened from downtown being dead at 5 p.m. to now being a thriving nightlife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I wasn't. I didn't intend to mean that the, there's nothing cool going on in Pensacola because there is a ton of stuff. Oh yeah, changing yeah. in Pensacola. It's awesome that and so downtown is the perfect example. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I thought Pensacon was huge mm-hmm. for it, and I think your big Lebowski convention will be as well. Yeah, and but to me, especially like with what's the right way to say this, I'm surprised that more films aren't shot here or any films are shot here yeah it's that's a tax incentive in florida problem I think. yeah um and hopefully that'll get fixed in the next couple of years here too just because if there's no money or incentive for people to come and, and do something here then why you know what our beaches are awesome and i think they're very unique and i love them very much but uh they're not that different than like uh, uh they're not that different than like Mississippi or Louisiana for a filmmaker. Yeah. If you're just trying to shoot a beach, maybe you don't care if the sands are white or a little brown. You know what I mean? So we've got to have a reason for people to come other than just how nice it is here. Yeah. That's, uh, whenever I hear about all these films that are being shot in like New Orleans or Atlanta or really anywhere in Georgia, I keep thinking that things, like films should be shot here more often Mm -hmm. because not just the beach, but just other locations like downtown or just any area near here. Like I'll pass by somewhere almost every day on the way to and from work and I think, oh, it would be cool to shoot something there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we do have a lot of interesting scenery that's very visually pleasing. I mean, between the fort 
the beach, um, you know, our, our old historic village downtown, mm-hmm. um, you know, we got a lot of cool stuff going on here and the shipyard's even really cool looking. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I agree completely. There's a lot of picturesque areas of Pensacola that should be taken advantage of more. Yeah. I think it was the, the A-Team remake that supposedly Bradley Cooper's character was being held captive I use that in quotations in Pensacola, and you see the background, and it looks absolutely nothing like the area. And like, yeah, the, um, that was Pensacola is uh, mentioned in the movie Red too in the first. Really, one. Uh, that's where John uh, Malkovich. Malkovich is hiding out. Uh, mm-hmm. He's he's got like a weird like house on what looks like a swamp, and it doesn't look like Pensacola. It might have been shot in Pensacola, but it it didn't have any landmarks that I recognize. So yeah, I think every once in a while you get that, and then Pensacola is mentioned in uh, Contact with Jodie Foster, and that's where yeah. she goes when she goes into outer space. It looks like Pensacola, but... It looks palm- like Hawaii. Yeah, there's no palm trees on the beach in Pensacola, yeah. so it doesn't look anything like It Pensacola. looks like Hawaii. There's, it, it seriously looks like the set of law. Somebody needs to show Hollywood what Pensacola actually looks like so they can Did start Did they do uh, Pensacola Wings of Gold? <laughs> That was a big Did TV show. That, movie? that was a show. No, I bet no one has watched yeah. that. But there was also uh, they mentioned Pensacola just recently in something in like I want to say like Pacific Rim or Transformers or something. It was in the well, third Iron Man too. Oh, that's yeah. what it was. Then. Yeah, Iron yeah. Man three. And then they shot that Pacific Rim ripoff Atlantic Rim here. Yeah, Atlantic. Right? Rim. Wasn't that here? Pensacola. A lot of them shot in Pensacola. I think so. Yeah. Um, which. Again, I don't think anybody saw or took seriously. I watched it a little bit because somebody said it was shot in Pensacola, but it was so bad. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're was, a filmmaker and you worked on Atlantic Rim, sorry. It's a D movie. <laughs> so is, that was like a parody? No, the, it was... You know how sometimes like two movies will come out at the same time and one's like the shittier version? Uh, this is like that, but times ten. It was like just like a low-budget, like made-for-TV version of... So it's the know. same concept, just... On a much lower scale, monsters and stuff. It's exactly. Out of the ocean. It's yeah. like exactly what pornography does without pornography. <laughs> it's like a, it's a rip off of Pacific Rim, but just uh, done poorly. Oh, done for a, for like uh, a quarter. Uh, yeah. A quarter percent of the original budget of the movie, and with not as creative a title as a as a porn. Yeah, point zero two five percent of the budget. Yeah. So, is there anything else you guys would like to say about Pensacola Bowski or anything else? Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be a really good time. Yeah. I, you know, that's one of the things that going into the into it that we hope people bring is, uh, you know, just a love for the movie and, and just, like, more of the dude's attitude of wanting to chill and be more laid time. back and have a good weekend and drink some white Russians. Uh, we should also mention that um, tickets will be going on sale pretty soon here. We're shooting for the 1st of June, so be looking for that. Uh, and based on uh, some space limitations with our venues, tickets will be definitely limited uh, mm-hmm. to a certain number. But your ticket is going to get you everything. It's going to be one price for the screening. For both for nights. The, for, yeah, for Friday, for Saturday, for all the events that we're going to do. And uh, it's going to be a blast, uh, and it'll be well worth we're trying to we're we're not trying to you know become millionaires off of Pensacola Lebowski. We want to make it a fun thing and be able to cover our costs. The ticket's going to be very very affordable for both days. So just about for the price of going to see the movie with your girlfriend and a couple of tubs of popcorn and a couple of sodas, you're probably going to be able to get close to the price of Pensacola Lebowski for two whole days. So it'll be worth it. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, guys. This was no fun. Problem. This was great. 
That'll do it for this week's show. Thanks again to Ryan and Chauncey for coming on for that really fun conversation about the Big Lebowski and for Pensacola Lebowski as well. Hopefully there's a great turnout, and you guys should definitely stay tuned to their social media because it sounds like it's going to be a really fun convention. Next week is Memorial Day, so I will be taking that Monday off. So we'll be back on Monday, June the 2nd. And don't forget, you can follow the show on Twitter at DDiamondExp. Follow me on Twitter at Derek underscore Diamond. And check out the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash The Derek Diamond Experience. And that'll do it. See you guys in two weeks. Music.